welcome to the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show, OuterLimitsRadio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. Before we begin tonight's program, I want to ask people that are out there, if they're part of our audience, please stop praying for the asteroids to miss the Earth. You're very successful at this, and the asteroid was so close to hitting the Earth this past weekend, it could have wiped out all of humanity. Please have a little respect for people that want the apocalypse. All right, item number two. On January 31st, 2018, we're going to have some kind of super rare celestial event, the first of its kind in 150 years. There's going to be a super moon, a blue moon, and a blood moon. And I want to bring to your attention that January 31st also happens to be my birthday, my 40th birthday. Oh, my God. And I was talking to the Virtues. I was like, hey, uh, Carrie, uh, Miss Lisa, Miss Constance, what's the significance of uh, my birthday taking place on this rare celestial event? And they said, well, something very significant about it is that you can expect to see a lot of expansion in your life. So I'm like, all right, good. Uh, wisdom, you know, understanding, when to learn telekinesis. Like, no, no, expansion of your waistline. You're going to get even fatter than you are right now because you could have no metabolism. There's nothing significant going to happen in your life. So keep on eating Doritos. So um, enough of that. I want to bring to your attention that we've got a great returning guest to our show tonight. She's the creator of a phenomenal film, E.T. Connect. They are here. And you're probably asking, okay, well, why are you, why are you talking about the aliens? Where are, you going with the, where are you going with this? Are you going to be coast to coast? I'm like, no, it's, it's that our featured guest did a scientific methodology of coming up with her data. So she's presenting scientific reasons why people are able not only to connect with extraterrestrials, but beings in alternative dimensions. And the fact is that she presented it in a very calm, collective manner. So I think it's great, and I think that she's an incredible explorer, and the data that she's presenting is amazing. I think it's going to open new doors for her own evolution. Let us begin tonight's show. Welcome back to the show is Miss Caroline Corey, a futurist, visionary author, founder of the Omnium Method, She's also the director of a phenomenal film called Gods Among Us. We can learn more about it by going to two different websites. First one is Omnum Universe. I'll spell that for you. O-M-N-I-U-M Universe.com. The other one is GodsAmongUs.com. Miss Corey, welcome back to the program. It's a great honor to have you with us once again. Thank you. Hi, Ryan. Thanks so much for having me. Just a quick correction. You know, the film used to be called Gods Among Us. And, uh, you know, since it got distribution, we changed the title to E. E (laughs) That's okay. Everybody's still calling it Gods Among Us, so no big deal. Um, The website is still GodsAmongUs.com, so that's fine. But the the new title of the film is E.T. Contact. They are here. Wow. I... I think both titles are very fascinating, very compelling. Ms. Corey, I want to say that since we aired, uh, we had you on our show a couple months ago, we had a tremendous response. It was just awesome that uh, people from all different backgrounds really went for it, and they were just really intrigued by your your background, um, what you were discussing. How have uh, people received the film? I was wondering um, if other people contacted you about their own experiences. Yeah, you know, the film was just released uh, just a few days ago, actually October 10th. So it's only been, you know, a couple of weeks. Um, and yeah, I'm getting so many emails from people saying, 
finally, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm getting so many answers to my questions to, uh, you know, why I'm I'm channeling this or downloading this language that I've never heard before. Um, you know why? I mean, people are finding a lot of answers in that film, so um, they've been sharing a lot of their experiences and uh, their comments. So it's been really, really great so far. And as a result of interviewing some of these people and, and talking with some of these people, have you been able to kind of fill in some of the puzzles as far as connections with other beings in other galaxies? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And in fact, also some of the emails we're getting um, are from people who are relating to the experiencers in the film. So they say, especially uh, there's a younger um, guy, his name is Zach, he's in the film, um, and people are just so re relating to him, to his experiences, because he's, he's the one who's talking about the Arcturians, but in a way that's very different. So, um, so a lot of people who are watching the film are relating to those types of beings as well. Even though the Arcturians are, I mean, are nothing new, but the way they are being described in the film, um, is making a lot of sense to a lot of people. Um, and also I talk about different types of beings that, um, nobody really mentions. Uh, these are more, the larger types of consciousness that are universal type beings, uh, not so much from this galaxy or even this universe. And, and I mentioned that as well in the film. And, uh, so, and some people are relating to these types of, uh, beings as well. They're saying, Oh, you know, when you mentioned this, that rings a bell. Um, and, uh, so, so I'm very happy about that. It's really oh, helpful. Yeah, it's helping a lot of people. You know, I've always been curious about this. I, this is uh, maybe this is this question will come from reading a book called "Gods Among Us" by William Bramley. It will also come from an interview I did with George Kavasilis. This idea that there is a god or, or gods that are being portrayed in various organized religions—I've always wondered if that was actually uh, a being from another galaxy parading itself to be as a god among human beings because it was able to do certain things. If there was an actual consciousness that was you know, presenting itself to be God. Have you ever come across that at all? Do you think that sometimes some of these beings and human beings think they're worshiping on Earth may actually be uh, beings from other galaxies that are just more evolved in the evolutionary cycle and can present themselves as superior, hence giving human beings the illusion that they are superior? Yes, absolutely. In fact, I think this is exactly what happened about 200 and. 53,000 years ago, um, there were very advanced types of consciousness that are kind of, um, are, they were supposed to be here to assist the, the human species, which is very new species. It's a juvenile species. And so uh, at some point, I think they kind of got carried away <laughs> and they started, they, they, they thought, oh, maybe we can just play a little game here and experiment with this new species. And uh, I mean, again, I'm just kind of simplifying what really happened. But fr from one experiment to another, it kind of led to a whole bigger experiment, uh, which made them appear to be 
the creators of the human species. And so when you do that for generations at a time, you know, over thousands and thousands of years, you end up uh, thinking and, and feeling that, you know, the, the, these beings are your creators. They are gods, you know. So this is definitely part of human history. Well, we look at human body as a physical form, and we look at an extraterrestrial being as a physical form. And I wonder if a spirit, this infinite nature, it can occupy any form of physical forms. Can these extraterrestrial beings, or beings that we're not known of, just be the creators of the, of the instrument, of the body, and the spirit will kind of incarnate wherever it feels it can have its greatest evolutionary growth? Uh, what I'm going to, alluding to this, is I'm wondering if human beings are in the process of creating a species of robots or other artificial life where spirit will incarnate through those creations of human beings just for the purpose of evolution. I just didn't know if what we're doing on Earth right now is actually a cycle that's been repeating itself throughout various galaxies and various planetary systems. Yeah, this is a fascinating subject, but these are two different questions. I mean, okay. separate question. But the first part of your question is, can a spirit just inhabit any form, any physical form? I want to say yes and no. And uh, and I also want to say that this is not the normal process, that it, it's the way it's supposed to happen. Uh, the uh, consciousness it's, is supposed to create a body for itself to inhabit. In other words, before you came in your human form, you were a pure consciousness, a spirit entity, let's say, and you decided, I'm going to come in and have a, a male form or whatever, you know, in this human body, and and it's going to look like this, it's going to do that, it's going to be born to these parents, and it's going to, it's very specific, actually, and it's because it's going to serve a specific um, goal, a specific purpose, so... That is the normal and the natural way of incarnating and a spirit knowing exactly which body it's supposed to um, in, in, incarnate in. Uh, you can also have sometimes where people have may have heard of what what we call a walk-in, where um, so it, you know usually you there is a human body that exists already and you come in and you inhabit it but even then there is a let's say pre prenatal agreement it it doesn't just doesn't happen like by accident it's not like there's a bunch of spirits floating around and they're looking down at at some you know a bunch of you know human shapes that are walking around like zombies and then they go oh I'll just take that one and I'll take that one i mean it doesn't work this way uh, normally you know because um like I said, the human body is meant to be an extension of your bigger consciousness and it will serve a purpose to evolve that particular consciousness. Um, so, so that's the reason why when we talk about another type of genetic manipulation where um, a human body is created out of just pure DNA, um, yeah, it is possible and that is what we would call a robot because it didn't come in the normal, natural way of being. Um, and so now you have a 
separation or distinction between the human body and the spirit itself. So, but, so do, do you see the difference? Does that yes. make sense? Does make sense. Does make sense. And I think sometimes people they, they look up in the sky and they see these, you know, ships that fly, and they see uh, aliens, and they go, okay, well, you know, obviously they have to be more evolved than than we are. And I'm wondering if maybe the exact is opposite. Maybe that these beings that we're seeing and perceiving are trying to get to where we are. I'm wondering if we're actually on a higher end of evolution than some of these um, extraterrestrials are. I was wondering what your thoughts are about that, because I don't know if the technology or the way of communication is any indication of where a person is on their evolutionary scale. You know, I really like this question because most people think that, oh, well, if they made it to our planet, then they must have this technology, therefore they must be advanced, then therefore they are more advanced spiritually. Well, I don't agree at all. In fact, I did. No, 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 no not at all. In fact, I... I did meet, uh, I mean, not, not to in person, but I did come across uh, an energy form uh, that it has this kind of, uh, not robotic, but I want to say um, it had a very small consciousness kind of mass, and it felt, believe it or not, lower than the human consciousness. Uh, in terms of spirituality or like, um, you know, evolved consciousness. And so, and yet the, this being was, was actually, I, I met them at the crop circles. So they were part of kind of creating these amazing shapes and forms in the crop circles. And so, so that tells you if they can do that sort of technology, you would think they'd be so advanced, but I was shocked to feel how low of a vibration they were. So there you have it. When you say low as a vibration, I'm because I've always had this, I've been thinking about this a lot. People say, okay, well, a high vibration is somebody who's presenting unconditional love, and a low vibration is somebody who's, you know, immersed in death and killing. So yeah. high vibration, good, low <laughs> vibration, bad. But think about it. You know, there are animals that savagely kill one another. That they do. They just, they just kill and they, they kill each other. But we don't think anything of it because they're like, okay, well, they're just animals. But maybe human beings don't realize that they themselves are animals. They're they're not in pure form. They're, they're, they're in a physical body. And the physical body has senses. This is why I think some people cannot resist the urge to do certain things. So looking at human beings and looking at animals in that particular way, how do you gauge a vibration of a person that may not necessarily be aware and fully conscious of their actions. That may just be kind of submissive to their natural animalistic nature of whatever physical uh, body they're currently occupying or physical manifestation they're occupying. Um, what I'm asking is what is, what is really, really speaking, high vibration, low vibration, and why does either one matter? Well, it does matter. A low vibration, it doesn't actually matter whether they're conscious or not conscious of their, of their, uh, you know what I mean? Because the end result is that the focus of their intent is to kill or to steal or to cheat or whatever or to lie. You know what I mean? So, so that it's two separate questions, actually. There we go. You know, <laughs> yeah, no, no, your questions are awesome, Thank but you. it's two different things. And I think that's also what, why people get some Sometimes confused because they think you know maybe they don't know and exactly what the point that you're making. But to me, the the animals are totally different. You cannot compare um, 
animals, uh, you know, eating other animals with with um, humans killing each other. Because even though in some cultures people think that uh, humans came from an animal, but it's actually a different type of DNA. And uh, the the humans are capable of understanding morals and ethics. There's a, a, a kind of a, a an energy, if you will, or or a, an awareness that we call morals and ethics, which uh, which animals don't have. Um, animals are on the earth to serve a different purpose. They're here to balance the um, the the ecosystem, uh, to work with the atmosphere, the magnetic field, for example, for birds, uh, the breathing, the pulse of the planet. So that's why you have the animal kingdom and they also work very closely with the flora with the you know the the plant life and so on and so forth they regulate um the nervous system also of the planet in in many different ways that humans cannot do so part of their evolution is to understand that yeah it's okay for one animal to kill the other you know i mean i'm not suggesting that that's the way it should be forever but i'm just saying uh, their form of evolution is completely different. You cannot compare the evolution of the cycle of the animal kingdom with that of humans. Now, as a human, as soon as you're born, uh, you have a sense of what's good or what's bad. In other words, if if you have a child, if you're a small child, and your friend hits you on the head, you know right away that that hurts, and that if you did that, that's going to hurt the other person. So you see what I mean? Like uh, as an instinct, if you're talking about the instinct, the internal instinct of the human, there is a discernment of good and bad that is different from the animal kingdom, you, you see? So so that's why when we talk about vibration, at one point it doesn't really matter. If you are focused on um a, a selfish behavior, uh, you know, just uh, not respecting the free will of another, uh, stealing, cheating, whatever, you know, all the, these things. You are in a low vibrational state, and that's all there is to it. So now uh, when you go back to this uh, being <laughs> that I came across, so, you know, like I said, it's, uh, you know, the technology is obviously extremely advanced, but he felt like a child in a way not uh, so much like not knowing of his behavior, but child uh, more in the sense of a selfish little person, you know, it, it, it felt really like that. Wow. Uh, re yeah, really, really low vibration. Uh, it was very interesting. Well, you know, I've seen, I don't know, I think, I, I think I've seen at least four different documentaries talking about extraterrestrial, and I know that there's one of them, I, I, maybe it's called Disclosure, where they show a video of uh, apparently a, a missile going up into the sky, and uh, a UFO inter intercepts it, blocks it from happening. And the point is that they're talking about it, saying, yes, these beings do not want humanity to destroy each other. They wanted to prevent the missile from happening. The first thing that thought in my head was, why would these beings be concerned about a nuclear missile going up in the sky or humans destroying themselves when if you look all throughout galaxies, there are supernovas going off that are a trillion times bigger than our galaxies. There's constant chaos in space where you've got 
you know, stars, and they become black holes, explosions happening all the time, mm-hmm. galaxies being born. What is it about us launching a nuclear weapon, which probably can't even see, be seen beyond, you know, our immediate solar system? Why would there be such concern uh, to, to prevent that from happening and not stop any of the other supernovas and other chaos from happening in the universe? Yeah. Again, uh, <clears throat> I love these questions, but it's two different questions. Okay. So, <laughs> so, so first of all, uh, I don't agree that it's chaos in space. When the two uh, galaxies or planets or what have you collide, it looks like, oh, my God, it's the end of the world that these two are bumping into each other and there's all this debris and stuff like that. But actually, uh, it is orchestrated. This is how sometimes... You recycle a star or you recycle a planet. In other words, you, um, you collide them together to create, uh, you know, particles or new forms of energy and then you put them back together. But of course, uh, you know, we're looking at it, we're observing it from a very, very tiny, uh, you know, limited perspective, which is the human. Plus, the time frame is so small that we only see when it's colliding. We don't see what happened before, and we don't see the billions of light years after where this collision is actually leading. So we come to the conclusion that it's a, it's a chaos out there, and there's all these things bumping into each other, but actually it isn't. That's my take on it. Um, it's kind of the same inside the human body. You know, everything is organized. And you shed, you have some cells that die and new cells that are born, you know, that are created. And you have, you have cells that are splitting up and you have cells that are uh, coming together. So there's all sorts of movement that has a bigger purpose, so to speak. So uh, there's that. And then, but but I do want oh, <laughs> I do want to answer the question about the the nuclear uh, thing. So what happens is that there is a I don't know if we talked about that last time. There is a planetary grid. It's kind of like the fabric of space around the Earth that is also very organized and that connects the Earth to other star systems. I mean, it's not just star system, it connects the Earth to other planets and to the rest of the cosmos. Now, nobody can see uh, that grid patterning. It's the patterning of space itself. And so what happens is that um, it's so organized that if you, um, if you uh, detonate a nuclear missile within this fabric, uh, you tear it. it it's really, you literally tear it. You break it up. So that this communication uh, and this connection to other worlds, to other planets and other star systems is now uh, distorted or um, tampered with. And that is the reason why it has to do with the equilibrium of the entire planetary system and therefore the galaxy and therefore the universe. That is the reason why these types of unnatural uh, detonation need to be stopped and interfered with. Do you see the difference? Yes, and I don't know. I always wonder how much longer this is going to go on. I wonder if it, we're eventually going to have one of those apocalyptic events where we just completely wiped out, and that's when we'll see the <laughs> our brothers and sisters. Well, actually, speaking of uh, our potential brothers and sisters that are in the universe, this Corey. 
sometimes I don't know about you, but if I know that I have an annoying neighbor and they know I'm home, I, I, like to, I like to pretend that I'm not home by shutting the lights off, hoping <laughs> that they won't stop by. And I'm kind of wondering if mm-hmm. we have other space brothers and sisters in our universe that kind of don't think that we're exactly the ideal neighbor. Maybe that when they're around Mars and they're around the moon, they kind of turn the lights off because they don't want to be found because they're like, they're, they're humans they're a pain in the ass. Do you foresee that? Have you seen that at all? Do you think that there are beings that are in this galaxy right now that do not want to be found because humanity is not to the point where they can have a peaceful coexistence? Yes, of course. Absolutely. And and it's all about, um, again, vibrational frequency. There are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds <laughs> of different types of beings uh, within the planetary system, within the pla- planet itself, and uh, that cannot be seen, that are not being seen and don't want to show themselves. And so that's a fact because there is no vibrational match. Right now, the typical human, if, if you, you know, if you show him, uh, if an alien shows up, he wouldn't know what to do. He'd be scared or he would just shoot at him. And so, you know, so, so, so why would you want to show yourself to, to a species like this? Um, and also a lot of these beings are doing all sorts of other work other than wanting to show themselves to, you know, the earthlings. So, um, yeah, I absolutely believe that they're there for sure. I talk to them all the time, by the way. Okay. <laughs> Actually, that's going to, I have to say, it's a perfect transition into our next segment. Scroll before we began the show, I expressed interest in possibly communicating with some beings from other uh, you know, galaxies to introduce myself and to see if we can potentially uh, have them listen to the Outer Limits of Inner Truth radio show in their galaxy to say, listen, our show is peaceful. So is there a possibility of connecting with uh, one of those beings at this present time? Oh, okay. Well, we can we can give it a try. Okay. I can see, I can tune in and see if um, Whoever, there's anybody out there. Sure, whoever wants to <laughs> Who talk. Wants? And, um, you know, I'll tell you, there's, there's no tough questions, only only peaceful connections. Yeah, so, of course, I'm not interested in anything else anyway. Um, so it, something is popping up. It, it feels that that's interesting. Wow. Okay, that's cool. So I'm kind of uh, sensing and seeing, actually. Um, you know, just like we, you hear the radio here, you're sitting at your desk and you hear uh, th- this, our conversation um, coming out of speakers. Um, I see the same thing. I see that we're being heard. Um, at some broadcast station uh, on another, let me see, where is that place? It feels like a, a sort of a planet uh, close to the Sagittarius, like within the Sagittarius um, area. And uh, they're they're like they're receiving us live. So, they're receiving us live. Yeah, okay. they're this like, and they're like, they're like, you know, we're we're on, we're here. It's kind of there. He's saying we knew you were coming. Oh. We knew you were asking. <laughs> is, there a, is there a name of the planet or a group of the people that I can specifically address? 
they're saying not that you were you are aware of in terms of naming a planet. Okay. They're saying we're a number, um, a part of a galactic configuration. We don't call our planets by name. We are a sort of a number. Again, it's not numerical like on hum- on on Earth. Uh, he's showing me like the numbers. It's very cool. It's more of a, hmm, how should I say, like a geometric. It's more of a, um, like, like a mathematical sequence, I want to say. And it goes in different directions. He said, this is the, the, the numbering system of the universe. Um, it, it is more of a coordinate. Uh, type of numbering system that refers to what you call a planet. Okay. All right. Well, I have a quick message for for the people, for the beings on this planet. Hello, this is Ryan, host and executive producer of the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Very happy to have you <laughs> listening to our show today with Miss Caroline Corey. I just want to quickly bring to your attention and wish upon all of you that are listening an infinite amount of love and peace. I wish you all nothing but great things. I send you warmth and love and compassion from the human race, which is predominantly barbaric and insane. But there's a part of us that is all about the love and all about the peace. And I just want to say that because we've identified the fact that you are now listening to the show, we can now raise our advertising rates because now we're in a galactical. So <laughs> all advertisers... We're jacking the rates up by 250% because we're intergalactical right now. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they're they saying, I mean, it's not, they don't use the human language, but it's more telepathic. Okay. Uh, they're saying that you're well-received, where you know, uh, up there, I mean, over there. Um, you are well heard of, meaning not just um, in terms of a radio show, but your call for connection and contact, and we're very appreciative of this effort of um, of broadcasting and connecting through a broadcast. Well, that's that's wonderful. And, uh, <laughs> I just the, uh, I'll be open with this. I'm gonna because I'm really pushing on my comfort zones. But if any of uh, <coughs> beings ever want to stop by, say hello. I do not. I do not like to fly, so I do not want to go up in any ship at all. And I'm on a very busy schedule, so to no abductions, but if you want to stop by and say hello, you're well welcome to. Uh, we're all about peace, and anything we can do to work with each other to make sure or develop a peace between us would be wonderful. So, uh, well, they're saying that uh, they're not, um, I mean, they're saying that it's something like they're obligated, not obligated by force, but Normally, they they refrain from uh, interfering in the human form or coming to the earth plane. Uh, they're saying not quite yet. Um, and the reason being, well, he's saying that their job is to uh, broadcast uh, signals from different parts of the planetary system and basically blast them all at once throughout the the galaxy. So they're kind of a radio station, which is kind of cool. Awesome. So, yeah, so it's like it's as if they had some sort of satellite that they're getting our conversation and then they're relaying it. That satellite system is like pointing in all different directions. 
So through them. So they're a centralized kind of broadcast system within this galaxy. And they're saying the Pleiades, for example, um, are directly aligned with their uh, radio signal. It's not radio like we know it, but uh, with that signal. And that is how uh, the Palladians broadcast their messages within the Earth plane. That's what they said. Well, I am all ears, open ears to increase the signal of the show and also, I just want to let you know that because we are our Outer Limits Radio, we are, we're looking to add a few more shows. So if they've got a show, as long as they send it to us in an MP3 file, we'll accept <laughs> it and we'll broadcast it out there. But as far as um, the, the beings that you're in contact with, I'm just curious, are they dealing with any type of similar conflicts that we're seeing on Earth? Are we just completely different than all the other beings that are in the galaxies as far as what we perceive to be complex, because I'll give you an idea of some of the complex we see on Earth, um, at least from our perspective. We see human nature being destructive to the planet, being destructive to other animals, being destructive towards each other. There's a lot of uh, maybe egocentric-based behavior currently on the planet right now. I mean, if we didn't have all this stuff, we had this real big push for passion, for science. I'm wondering how different we'd be. But I'm wondering if that is something that's just limited to human nature, or is that something that all other beings throughout the galaxy are kind of dealing with in some way, shape, or form? Um, so what he's showing me and telling me, again, they're kind of a relay station of news broadcasts from around the planetary system. And so they receive the information in terms of news. So just like, just like, for example, we are telling them, uh, you know, like there's all this destruction going on on the earth and so on and so forth. They receive news from different parts of the planetary system reporting of what is happening. And they said, um, they're, they're saying, they're showing me, uh, that this pattern of, um, self-destructive, uh, species has, has been, um, kind of spread, um, through many, uh, life forms, many different types of species. Oh my God, he's showing me like a bunch of them. Uh, hundreds and hundreds of different types of, um, species and, um, a mixing of species uh, over this planetary system and 34 other planets within this galaxy and a little bit beyond this galaxy. So this is not news, uh, new news to us. Uh, it has been uh, shown to us, they're saying, many times before. However, it is part of the same origin. It is not part of a uh, the evolution of a species, as you might think. Um, uh, it is not required for a material species to self-destruct um, in order to learn or to evolve. It is part of a... Again, he's showing me some like an error. He's saying a mathematical error, but not in the way humans understand it. It's a, an error in calculation of how uh, the species needs to propagate and uh, in alignment with the universal principles. Um, and that error affected, it was like a virus. He's showing me like a, 
you know how a computer virus goes into one computer and then it spreads over several computers and it messes things up, but it is a virus that that happened. Uh, that's what he's saying. So is it a virus of consciousness, or do you think that human nature, in essence, is a virus itself? I mean, I I look at things and I'm hot beforehand. He's saying it, it's an inflicted virus. Okay. By another another entity. Another entity. So another entity. Yeah. We were all happy, and then some entity came down and poisoned us. Yeah, without and they're saying without meaning to, um, to uh, I get it's going back to what I was telling you actually, Ryan. It, it was more of an experiment that turned bad, <laughs> you know, like kind of like oh well, let's mix this and this together and try that, and and uh, it kind of just turned bad, and then it, before you know it, that the momentum was too great to kind of go back. I want to explain something that happened in my house a couple of days ago. I was in the kitchen. I spilled a glass of water. My wife says, you spilled a glass of water. You clean up the glass of water. I'm like, okay, I'll clean up the glass of water. So, on a mic, that's a micro level, would the species that happened to make this mistake might want to come back and take responsibility and clean up the spilled water? <laughs> they think they, they, it's kind of like their obligation to kind of clean up the mistake that they made I mean are we are we, are we expecting to are we, is humanity expected to clean up this mistake because it seems like we're not cleaning it up no that's exactly what is happening in fact um, I've met many people myself this is Caroline saying not them but I can ask them as well uh, but I've you know through my work I've been doing this a very long time you know helping people with consciousness and also you know, energy healing and all sorts of stuff. So I, because I can see the subtle energy very clearly, I could see the, the, you know, like the root cause of a block and I can go back to pretty much when they're conceived, when they were created, not just a past life. So many, many times I would see, um, I met many folks who are now incarnated in human form where uh, originally they were part of this, error again we're going to call it error and so uh, the original error and so they carry this huge burden and karma if you will of having to come back in human form and to clean up the water like you're saying uh, so there is a huge part of the human population that is finding itself here um, uh, incarnate appearing as a human but having been part of the original era and fixing it right now. So some of them are kind of finding their way into uh, doing a humanitarian, you know, work or um, just kind of basically compensating um, in any way they can think of to do. So, of course, uh, because it's a huge, huge uh burden to wake up to something like that most people are not aware of it and uh, it stays deeply deep in their subconscious mind but on some level there's a sense of guilt there's a sense of um you know it's my responsibility to do something to save the planet or help uh, other humans so so there there's your answer 
they're incarnated in human form, and others are here in spirit form, like, um, uh, for example, these beings that are just appearing, coming in spaceships or uh, appearing from other star system, doing something and, and going back again. So they are doing that. Um, yeah. Can I relay a message um, for, for both you and uh the, the beings that are listening about as far as my pers- one, one human being's perspective on the way things are? Please. All right. There's always this shock saying, we're not ready to intervene yet. Well, sometimes on Earth, there are certain human beings that are drinking themselves very heavily. And if you do not do an intervention, the person will drink themselves or harm themselves. And you, they cannot be they cannot be stopped. And I'm saying this right now that there's all this talk about saying, well, let's wait. We have to wait until the right time. Now, if you don't intervene now, we don't have some kind of intervention right now, we are done. And (laughs) I don't want to sound like the Mr. Negative, but here's the thing. Human beings, we have a very short lifespan. We don't live three or 4,000 years like maybe some of these other beings on the planet. We live maybe at best 80 years, sometimes maybe 100 years. And the knowledge that we have from generation to generation doesn't necessarily get passed down. We don't have many elder statesmen at this time of humanity. We have idiots. They're at the top of the chain of command. So we're devolving. So if you're going to sit there and you know wait till the right time, no, now is the right time. The right <laughs> time was about 20 years ago. So you know if you could do some intergalactic space travel, kind of push us off. You don't have to do a whole big display. Ah, oh, we're here. It's just a little bit of a push, but we need that push. Otherwise, yeah. you're going to have one less uh, group of species to hang around with. <laughs> Well, uh, what they're saying, and I can see, uh, you know, what they're pointing to, they're saying you're not realizing the type of intervention that we are, uh, we are assisting with. Intervention is not one spaceship appearing. That's what you think needs to happen. Uh, and it will happen, and it will happen. But uh, what he's saying is that the intervention has started already on so many different levels. What he's saying is that the type of intervention to um, kind of put back this planet on its proper course is is, is multidimensional. So you start with the energy that created the problem. Like, I mean, instead of putting a Band-Aid on, on, the, on the problem, I mean, on the... the the wound, you have to go back to the root cause that created it. And unless you do that, you're going to keep putting a Band-Aid over Band-Aid over Band-Aid. So what he's saying is that um, there's a multitude of, of energy being in consciousness who had to come uh, several uh, hundred years ago to initiate this intervention to the point of where you are today. You don't realize and understand the importance of the backstory, so to speak, or what needs to happen before the spaceship actually shows up. The spaceship showing up is the band-aid. But unless you um, kill the original virus, and again, I'm using the word kill in terms of heal or whatever you want to call it, or address, uh, reverse, um, the consciousness that created the mess that you're in right now, you will never um, resolve this completely. So they're saying, so please understand that uh, intervention has already begun 
it is uh, following its proper course. Granted, there has been some shifting in the plan as humans are interacting and reacting to what is happening, and we're having to continue to adjust uh, to the next uh, next step and the next step. But this sort of intervention coming directly from source, meaning a much, much, much higher level of consciousness. This is not us repairing you. This is the universe reestablishing, reinstating its original blueprint on a much, much, much bigger scale. So that intelligence is extremely complex, and it kind of... um uh, infiltrates every aspect of life all at once. It takes into account every possible, every potential response to everything that it is doing. So let's take um, a very, uh, uh, let's say, um, a practical example. Let's say by the year 2008, many governments around the earth, earth uh, around the world, were meant to collapse for the purpose of emerging a new type of consciousness uh, that will be more open to um, uh, to to sustain a disclosure, what people call disclosure, of an extraterrestrial um, appearance on the earth. But 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 the people in charge, the people who were uh, collapsing the government, at one point um, it, it stopped. I mean, kind of like it didn't continue in the the way it was supposed to be. And so so now we have to wait to the next. Um, to, I don't know if you remember, but in the year 2010, all of these governments around the world were collapsing one after the other, one after the other. Remember? Well. That was. I don't know. Because it, it was natural. I think a lot of it had to do with you know military intervention based on you know corporate interests that were just seeing it. As yeah. This, basically, the system was collapsing, and the so so the, that old system was it needs to collapse, and so it continue. It was meant to continue collapsing, uh, and see everything is perfectly coordinated and, and organized, and. So, so at one point, uh, even the U.S. economy was meant to collapse to a point so that, anyway, without getting into too many of those details, what happens is that uh, it didn't continue the course it was supposed to, and so now the, the disclosure or the intervention kind of um, continues, goes to plan B, if you will, and has to wait for the next a potential or time uh, where that collapse continues to happen for that uh, disclosure to happen, this appearance of extraterrestrial to be so obvious. Do, do, you, do you see what I mean? So, so, so it's on many, many different levels. It's not just, you know, like, hey, just show a spaceship and everything will be resolved. No, because there are other underlying issues that um, that need to be addressed first. You Otherwise, it, 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 the band-aid won't hold. I wouldn't necessarily say, okay, some spaceships, I think, okay, probably pretty cool, kind of, you know, make sure that you know, show people probably a little freaked out by it. But I'm, like, wondering if they were helping us in one way, shape, or form, uh, they would help us accelerate our manifestations. If we had very peaceful intentions and we would be able to kind of have a boost of accelerating the, the physical manifestations of, of things that would serve other people, serve the planet, serve the environment. I think that would be really awesome. 
Ms. Corey, I have a question for you, and that is, what can people do individually to kind of, you know, not let that virus take full control? How do we? How do you become the um, the resistance to the virus on an individual basis? So uh, again, it goes back to uh, your original or your previous question about raising consciousness and raising your vibration. They're saying everything is energy in the universe, and everything is uh, um, a vibrational match, if you will. If your energy is vibrating with love and truth and goodness, then that is how sustaining this energy, maintaining this energy will attract more of the same. And so it's as simple as that. Uh, it does not mean that you ignore other people's problem. It just means that you can uh, navigate through this really, really difficult time and transition by staying in this vibrational field. Uh, it's all about vibration. And um, what they're saying is that broadcasting news um, of this caliber, bringing truth, is also part of the healing and part of the intent to work together with the bigger picture and the bigger healing of the planet. Because what you are doing is assisting many people uh, to receive answers, to bring clarity to so many topics. So you are helping in your own way bring that vibration to, and you're inviting people to um, match, uh, to tap into your radio show, therefore match that vibrational field that you are creating. So, well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's one of uh, this whole frequency. You listen to it. It's all about the peace. And um, anyone from any uh, planetary system, no matter whether you're on Earth or from any other planet, if you have something positive to say and you got a kind heart, uh, we'd love to have you on the show. We'd love to hear what you have to say. And also, uh, we'd love to come on your radio show as well. So we, you know, we can go back and <laughs> forth, do a, a link exchange. That'd be wonderful. Uh, where do you see? your teachings, your evolutions going? Because there's a wonderful quote by a person. Her name is Caroline Corey. You may have heard of her. And you have this great quote that says, if we are to create heaven on earth, then the starting point must be heaven, not earth. I love that quote so much. And it made me think about a lot of different things. Where do you see your teachings going from where they are now? Well, I think that the reason why I wrote this quote is because my experience started that way. My very first experience was uh, to connect with the consciousness uh, that was so pure, so expansive, so complete, just so amazing. Um, I didn't know what it was in the beginning uh, because I, I couldn't compare it to anything else. And so, but with time, I realized that that frequency, that consciousness was not planetary, was not galactic. But it was universal. In fact, it was multi from the multiverse. And that consciousness is source. And so I start, I create, the first thing I did is create a, um, the, the, uh, a, a meditation that I call connecting to source. And it was to tap into that, uh, source frequency. And the more you tap into it, the more you bring it through your human form. So I realized that 
you cannot resolve the problem on the earth. I think even Einstein, Einstein said that you cannot um, be here on the earth in this lower vibration, in the chaos, in the confusion, and try to shift these lower vibration from this lower vibrational state. You have to go back to the source frequency and bring that through into the lower vibration in order to raise those lower vibration. So that's the reason why I said that the, 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 the beginning has to be source, the higher pure form and not earth. Um, so, you know, when you say what's my next, um, in my work, what's the next step? I mean, I started with that and I keep saying the same thing. So throughout what I'm doing, I, I, that was the base of all my teachings, uh, all the healing, uh, methodology that I created and more recently the films. And so what I'm doing right now is keep, it's the same principle, the same base, which is to bring those higher vibrations in a very conscious manner. It's not random. It's not like, oh, you know, or heaven or whatever. It's very specific. When you do this work for a long time, you can very specifically bring source frequencies, certain universal frequencies and, and, and kind of implant them into the work that you're doing. So when I'm doing a film, we're filming people, they're speaking and they're doing interviews or whatever. But even as we are doing this work and as we're editing it together and as we're creating the music and the voiceover, it's all embedded in this frequency. And so it's very conscious work. That's why my, my, uh, my company, Omnia Media, it's based, it's called, it's consciousness based entertainment and media. And so it's very um, specific with these frequencies. And for the folks who are sensitive enough, you know, who watched the film and my previous previous film as well, you know, yes, they're listening to people's experiences and the science and all these experiments. They're watching the film. But if they were sensitive enough, they would feel there is an energy that emanates throughout the film. And if they were just open enough, they would feel that this energy is awakening them to the next level of awareness. So I would say I want to continue doing more of that sort of work, which is you uh, br do the energy, the consciousness work through the film, through uh, the media work that I'm doing. I think it's, uh, it's, it's, it's going to help a lot of people without having them to, you know, listen to a lecture or a class or read all my books or it, it's kind of a fun way to evolve consciousness. Excellent. Miss Caroline Corey, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. A little more about Miss Caroline Corey by going to her website at on the universe o m i sorry o m n i u m universe dot com. You can also go to the other website at godsamongus.com. You have to see the film, E.T. Contact. They are here. Miss Corey, it is such a great honor to have you with us today. And please send our highest regards to the beings we're in contact with tonight. Again, we send uh, them and all beings of all different backgrounds who are listening to our show nothing but unconditional love and peace and acceptance. And we thank them for being a part of our, our show today. 
thanks so much for having me. They're saying you will be back and next time the Pleiadians want to participate, they're saying. <laughs> well, they are more than welcome. I get, I, we're happy to do coffee. I do not <laughs> want to go up on any spaceships and don't even think about doing any types of probes. You're not going to find anything on me. He's saying these, they're saying they will talk about teleporting to our planet next time. Okay. Okay. As long as they bring extra Cheetos, we'll be fine. We'll have a good time. <laughs> That's so funny. Thanks so much, Ms. Corey. Thanks so much for having me. Your questions were awesome. Thanks so much. Okay, everyone. That concludes today's edition of the Out of Limits of the Truth Radio Show. Special thanks to our incredible guest, Miss Caroline Corey. And special thanks, as always, to our virtues, Miss Carrie O'Connor, Miss Lisa Casa. And this constant tell us to learn more about the Outer Limits of Truth Radio Show. Please go to our website at outerlimitsradio.com. So the next time we meet, my friends, wishing upon you an abundance of peace, love, and beers. Take good care, and thank you so much for listening. Hello, this is Ryan, host and executive producer of the Outer Limits of Truth Radio Show. We regularly feature the virtues, which are psychic medium, Miss Carrie O'Connor. Psychic empath Lisa Kaza and the astrophenom astrologer Ms. Constance Sellis. They've been a huge part of the show since we started in 2014. And I'm here to tell you today that I highly recommend getting a reading with one or all of them. They are really incredible. First off, you have Miss Carrie O'Connor. We can, you can learn more about her by going to her website at carrieoconnor.com. Carrie is a psychic medium. She's been talking to trees and dead people since she was three. She has a really amazing ability to read into your soul communicate with people who've passed on and communicate and give you some beautiful heartwarming messages. Then you have Miss Lisa Kaza, psychic empath who's absolutely incredible. She's very blunt and right to the point, which I kind of love. I actually love a lot. She's an empath. She can really look into your soul and tell you where you're going. What is your current trajectory? And she can also bring a lot of peace and harmony to your life. Then we have the astrophenom, Miss Constance Ellis. You learn more about her by going to her website at ConstanceSellis.com. Miss Sellis can do a chart reading on you and see where's your astrological trajectory going. She can answer questions about your life, career. Should you be going after that guy or girl? Should you get that? When are you going to get that promotion? She'll answer a lot of great questions. Again, Miss Carrie O'Connor, Miss Lisa Casa, and Miss Constanceellis, they are a fundamental core part of the Outer Limits of Tooth Radio Show. Three of the best metaphysical teachers I've ever come across. I love them dearly, and I know if you get a reading with one or all of them, you will too. Thank you. Want to be heard or seen in front of millions of people? Want to be an expert on TV or radio? Goldman McCormick PR is a New York City-based public relations agency that specializes in traditional and social media placement for law, finance, media, and corporate-based clients. Goldman McCormick PR also are specialists in website development, radio show creation, press conferences, media training, and so much more. Check out GoldmanMcCormick.com for more information. GoldmanMcCormick.com. 